who is the hardest person to preach to? Or who are the hardest people to preach to? Well, I think first place goes to our own selves. Right? Because those words of advice, those words of encouragement, those words of reprimand that we will give to those that we love, to our friends and family, sometimes they fall on deaf ears even as we say them when it comes to ourselves. Right? We might give advice over and over and over again to other people, but within our own hearts, it just doesn't take root. So that takes number one. It's hard to preach to our own selves, and yet that's the first person we need to be preaching to. But a close second are those people that I mentioned. Family. Right? And I think it's for similar reasons. It's... I've got all the dirt on myself. I I know all of my weaknesses, all of my problems, and so I can talk myself out of trying to be good all the time. Because I've tried it before, and it's failed. And so why try again? But then also with family. There, they've got dirt on me that maybe I've forgotten about. And so whenever I even think about, oh, maybe I'm going to share the gospel, there's this thought of, or I'm just going to talk about the weather and maybe... Uh, sports, I don't know, safe things. And so we cheat ourselves of sharing the most precious thing imaginable with the people we love most. And the gospel kind of highlights this difficulty today. We read that Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So, first, ourselves. How difficult it is to preach to ourselves. I think it's for one of two extremes. Either there's the extreme of, I can only focus on how bad I am, how, how I have failed in the past, how I've maybe tried, didn't quite reach the mark that I wanted, and so I'm discouraged now, and I'm not going to try for greatness ever again. There's that extreme, and so we talk ourselves out of holiness that way. Or there's the other one, where I've glossed over any of my failures, and I just have this mentality of, I'm in the right, everyone else is in the wrong. I'm clearly the victim here. It's just that every person that I meet, they're the problem. And so we can talk ourselves out of actual improvement by either saying, there's too much wrong with me, and I can't ever be fixed, or, you know, there's nothing really wrong with me. It's them that need to be fixed. But then that carries over. When we try to share something good with our families, very often we don't even get further than the thought of, oh, maybe I'm going to mention... No, I can't, because they knew me way back when. And so we don't. And it's the saddest thing in the world, because whenever we experience something good, when we just read a book that we absolutely loved, or watched a movie, or have really gotten into a show, we tell people about it. When there's something that we've enjoyed, it's almost built into us to where we say, like, hey, I want you to enjoy this too. I'm not going to do a raise of hands, but how many of you got new smokers or grills uh, just for this 4th of July weekend to be able to say, like, ooh, I want to show this off. I'm going to show all the little uh, ways that I can um, kind of prepare this beautiful meal for the people that I love. And we talk about it. 
we share. And then about the most precious thing imaginable, our relationship with the Lord who opens up heaven itself for us. We're silent. And when I say we, I mean that we, because I'm a priest. I don't know if you knew that. I am a priest. I am willing to speak about Jesus through this microphone to all of you any day of the week. I love it. But then sometimes when I'm around, maybe a cousin who's stopped practicing. So, uh, the weather today, it's pretty nice. Yeah. It's tough. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. Because we get nervous around the people who know our faults. The people who have seen us at our lowest, who maybe know our weaknesses the best. Parents sometimes feel like, well, I can't call this or that out in my kids because I don't do it perfectly myself. And so we don't have very good formation in the home, in the faith, because we think, until I'm perfect, I can't call them to perfection. It's like, no, 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 we're all on that same journey together. Like, God didn't give you kids because you were perfect or because he thought that someday you'd achieve perfection. No, no, no. He gave you children so that you can teach them what it means to repent when you've done wrong, to get back up when you've fallen, to strive even with your imperfections to be continually made better and more perfect by the Lord, day by day by day. He, he gave you children so that you can teach them how to struggle for holiness, not so that they can stand in awe and reverence at how perfect you are. A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. Right? The people who had grown up with Jesus did not want to see in him more than just a man, more than just the carpenter, the son of Mary, We sometimes, I think, are fearful that the people in our lives don't want to see the change that God has made be made within us, and, and that they still see us as we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And so we're, we're so scared that that's the way we see, that they see us, that we don't even breach the topic of faith, of the work that God has done and continues to do in us. And yet that's the most loving thing that we could ever do for a person is to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. Why don't we? Well, I think it's because we haven't taken to heart St. Paul's great lesson. St. Paul, in today's second reading, wrote, I will rather boast most gladly of... What is it that he boasts of? My weakness in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He shows us the secret there, that we don't need to be scared of our weaknesses as we go out to evangelize. That those people that know our weaknesses most intimately... Those that have the dirt on us, who can call us out, those are the exact people that God wants us to bring closer to himself. And it's through those weaknesses. It's through us being able to say when they throw something back in our face, how weak we are, to say, amen, I know it. 
Like, I know my weakness better than you. Like, you just listed seven sins. I can give you 78 more that I've committed just in the last week. Like, I, I am a work in progress, right? But God's working in me, and that's what I want to share with you. I don't want you to bow down in awe and reverence before how great I am. No, I want you to join me in this journey of having God work in our lives in a powerful way. That's evangelization. And we see that in the Mass, right? The structure of the Mass, it doesn't go straight into the Gloria. Sometimes we try to evangelize that way, to where all we talk about is how great the church is and how great uh, God is and how great we are. It's like, okay, all of that's true. God is great. The church, the church is, is his bride, right? He is making us better and better. But in the liturgy, that's not what we start with. In the liturgy, we begin consecrating everything to the name of our Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then we exchange a greeting of peace. And then what's the next thing that we do? You're literally at Mass right now. We just did it. (laughs) The next thing that we do is we say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Right? It's as if we begin Mass by saying, all right, everybody, masks off. We, we, we might wear these masks around saying, oh, I'm perfect, I got it all together. At the beginning of Mass, we say, take off the masks, and all of us are on that level playing field of needing God's mercy. Right? We said it in the psalm a few times. We said, our eyes are fixed on the Lord, pleading for his mercy. That's the bridge with people. To say, whenever they try to throw any weakness our way, to say, I know that weakness. And God knows that weakness, and that's the most important part. God sees all of my weakness more clearly than you do or than I do. He sees those sins that I don't even realize are sins yet. And yet he's willing to work with me. You know what? I'm sure he would be willing to work with you too. So that's our family. But our families are not the only ones that we are called to evangelize. In fact, when the Lord spoke to the prophet Ezekiel in our first reading, he spoke to us as well. And what was his encouraging message? He said, Hard of face and obstinate of heart are they to whom I am sending you. Well, that's great. (laughs) I wish you sent me to the people that were already ready for the gospel and just said like, yes, amen, I love it. But instead, hard of face and obstinate of heart are they to whom I am sending you. Now, even though that describes me on any given day as well, so preaching to yourself is difficult, even though there are times when my family seems that way as well, and we have to preach to them, our mission of preaching the good news extends beyond that. And today, of all days, is a good day to reflect on it. We're called to convert our nation. (laughs) And yet, hard of face and obstinate of heart are they to whom I am sending you. Right? This past couple of years have really proven that. A lot of contention out there. There's a lot of brokenness. Our country, we thank God for it today, but we thank God for it best by being his instruments in helping to better it and perfect it. Right? True patriotism is not to just turn a blind eye to wherever there are problems and just to say, like, well, we're better than everybody else, so that's great. No, true patriotism is to say, I love this country enough to work toward perfecting it. Yes, I love it, warts and all, but I'm not going to ignore the warts. 
I am going to lean into fixing the weaknesses of my nation just as I let God fix the weaknesses in myself and in my family. First, I have to face those. And it's absolutely mind-boggling to me that it's only in this past two years it seems that people have been saying, like, oh, there's a lot wrong in our country. The worst thing that our country's ever done has been happening since 1973. We legalized and sanctioned the killing of children. Right? It's nothing new that there are things we need to work on. But as we work on them, we do it with a spirit of love. Right? Just as we work on our own problems out of love for ourselves, love for our God who wants us to improve, just as we work on our family's problems and call sometimes family members to task, and we do that out of love for them and desire for their good, so it is with our country. Today we thank God that we live in a place where we can talk freely about these things, where, where we live at, at such, with so many comforts that for us seem second nature, and for most of human history, have been beyond people's wildest dreams. We have so much to be thankful for, but that gratitude should turn into service, right? It should, it should uh, turn into the spirit of wanting to perfect that which is already good. And so, today, at this Mass, we turn to the Lord who heals us, the Lord who is preaching to us first, to our families next, and to our country through us as well. We realize that, yeah, we won't be able to have some sweeping effect on the whole nation, but maybe I can have an effect on my family. And maybe that effect starts with being able to preach to myself. And so we gather around this Lord who heals all of our wounds, who is strong in our weakness, and we say to him, Our eyes are fixed on you, dear Lord, pleading for your mercy.